Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for 831-08, August 31st, 08. And in this session, we're going to be talking about the subject of yoga and the particular subject of this being thrown around as Christian yoga, which, which is what we're going to find is actually rooted in Hindu occultism. This first little article I'm going to read from kind of sums things up, and I think it's a good initial introductory paragraph to this study. This guy's from the Spiritual Research Network, uh, Chris Lawson. He says, Dear Reader, the following articles have been written in order to convey information about the unbiblical practice of Christian yoga. Sadly, many professing Christians in the church are too undiscerning to know any better. Even Hindus recognize that Christian yoga is still Hindu. And we're going to talk about that later. These articles are also written with heartfelt grief and concern for those whom I have lovingly warned about the dangers of yoga, but who have rejected biblical counsel, pastoral exhortation, and brotherly advice, and the testimonies of destroyed lives, written warnings from the yogis of the dangers involved with yoga, etc. The past year I have received several emails from people whose lives have become dismantled due to the practice of yoga. Others, thinking they know better, have laughed at me and said that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of them have even gone so far as to ignorantly straight state that hatha yoga is just exercise and it cannot harm anyone. Remember, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. These reports are meant to serve up as a wake-up call and warning to all who, those who profess to be Christian and yet find themselves stretching out in worship through the yogic poses and the breathing control techniques. If any professing Christian can still justify doing yoga after hearing this report and the forthcoming articles, they might want to think twice about which Jesus they actually worship. Is it the Jesus of the Bible? Because he would never endorse any kind of yoga, as you will see. Yoga, in any way, shape, or form, has the ability to corrupt the mind and undo a Christian's faith. It has... It has as its goal the conversion of the individual into the occult. And again, this is the whole premise as to why I'm doing these teachings on martial arts, acupuncture, yoga. Because ultimately, what is Satan's goal behind all of this stuff? It's that. It's to corrupt the mind and undo a Christian's faith, conversion of the the individual into the occult in a pantheistic worldview. As we shall see, Christian yoga, like all yoga, is part of the occult-based Hindu religion. Relabeling yoga... For undiscerning Westerners doesn't change the fact. I, I can't even stand the term Christian yoga. Do you know that I've actually seen reports now where they've come out with uh, this thing termed as Christian pornography? I've actually seen, they've actually got Christian pornography uh Movies that have been made. I I reported on this a long time ago on one of my email lists. Well, when you say Christian yoga, I kind of think along the same lines as Christian pornography. It's two words that do not belong together. That that have nothing to do with one another. And you can try to candy coat the veneer all you want, but it doesn't change the fact that it's evil. Now, this is a subject that I have, again, a lot of experience with, as my mom has participated in this ever since I've been a small child. So I've grown up in a household that actively promoted yoga. My mom even got this one lady so involved that she started her own studio and now has traveled all over the world, going to all of the masters and to all the various parts of the world, India, China, Japan. And now, you know, she's got all these certifications and degrees and these types of things and you can't even talk to her. She's so far out there. 
um, because of all the demonic infestation that she has, yet she doesn't see it. She's also a strict vegetarian. She looks incredibly unhealthy, and yet supposedly she has it so together because she's in all these, uh, she's certified in all these uh, yogic and new age healing techniques. And my mom was really responsible for getting her involved in, in all that, and she's proud of that. You know, she's she's proud of that. But she's it's like you know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. My mom, I'm not saying she's doing it because she's wanting to overtly be evil. She thinks what she's doing is a good thing. She thinks that it's exercise and meditation and stress relief and these types, all the classic examples that you hear. Now, my mom's unsaved, and so is my dad, so they don't have any type of Christian mindset to be able to judge or judge these particular issues but you know ever since i've been a little kid that's what i've known she bought me you know yoga books try to get me involved and and i did to a certain extent a little bit of this stuff um you know it's just i've had a lot of experience with this this next report starts off by saying across the western world professing christians are participating in new age practices such as contemplative spirituality labyrinth and yoga now, the labyrinth, that's a little bit of a complex subject, but there's all type of these new age, what they call contemplative Christianity, that they're talking about infiltrating the churches through things like Rick Warren and the Purpose Driven Life and, and a lot of the different um, authors that are being promoted by some of the big wigs in the pseudo-Christian industry, like Rick Warren, um, Robert Schuller and these types of things. I've talked a lot about this in the past. Probably the best Christian resource, if you want to know, if you really want to get your boat loaded on this subject, on every aspect of this new age infiltrating the church, the contemplative Christianity, would be the website's www.lighthousetrailsresearch.com. They have a newsletter you can subscribe to. They send out about one a week. And it's... It'll load your boat. I mean, you, you'll get about as much as you could want. And again, it's Lighthouse Trails Research, just spelled like just like it sounds. dot com, and uh, or you could do a keyword search for Lighthouse Trails Research. And I would highly advise you, if, you know, you can get on their newsletter list, and and uh, everything's free. So if we go further. These things like contemplative spirituality, labyrinth, yoga, all of which is preparing the way for something much more darker and sinister. It's paving the way for the Antichrist and the one world religion to rise. This is the goal. Satan is trying to condition the world, and particularly the church, which is just really his only threat on this earth, at least. He's trying to condition and leaven the world to such an extent where the Antichrist is ready to make his arrival, to rise to power. The history is riddled with professing Christians who, for whatever reason, turned their backs on Jesus Christ, became apostates, and worked overtime to destroy Christianity. So a lot of people that have got into these things at one time were self-professed Christians. They get into this stuff like yoga, contemplative Christianity, all these other things that, that go along with this that we've done many reports on. And all of a sudden, you know, they start falling away. They get a totally different view of the Bible. Because you can't serve two masters. You can't bow the knee to Baal and to Christ. You've got to make, you've got to choose whom this day, who you're going to serve, like Joshua did. Okay? God will always put you in a position where you're going to have to make that choice. And most people are going to, uh, unfortunately, make it in the wrong direction. Concerned, loving parents go to great extremes to protect their children from alcohol and drugs. 
They teach their children at an early age to look both ways before crossing the street, don't talk to strangers. However, in many cases, these same parents fail to monitor their children before and during church-related activities, such as vacation Bible school, out-of-town retreats, church recreational programs. And because the activity is tagged as Christian and sponsored by their church, they, as- they assume everything is on the up-and-up. While wholesome church-related activities and programs for children do exist, forces of darkness are working overtime to deceive and victimize their, their kids. We're going to talk more about this later. Turning them away from the true and living God at an early age, after all, is there a better way to preserve the future of paganism than to indoctrinate the children at the earliest possible age? See, if Satan can get you when you're a little kid, all the more better. And it's a proven fact that most people get saved at an early age. So if he can corrupt you during your formative years... You know, he's happy all the way around. And it is the fact that children who are introduced to the so-called Christian yoga stand the chance of further involvement uh, in, in the future. Worst case scenario is total rejection of the one who loves them the most, Jesus Christ. So this is something we have to really watch out for. Oh, and last week we had talked about martial arts. And uh, I had talked about this guy. This is an example of this that was had his own dojo and uh, participated in a martial art called Kuk Sul Wan. And he was, you know, I don't know, whatever degree black belt, had his own dojo locally. And he had come into the local uh, independent fundamental Baptist church and said, oh, I want to do this class and we're going to teach karate or whatever he teaches, martial arts. And, we're, and uh, one of the ladies called me and was complaining. She said, you know, this doesn't seem right. My kid's coming home telling me they're doing meditative exercises. They're doing breathing exercises. I said, oh, there's, I, I said, number one, there's no place for this in the church. And number two, what you're describing are new age um, meditative techniques, which ultimately, you know, get you involved into this whole empty mind thing, which is one of the goals of the new age is to empty the mind so that the demons can come in and infest you. So I, I basically voiced my opinion on it, got back to the church hierarchy, they pulled the program, and the guy called me up screaming at me, you know, obviously wanting to intimidate me, wanting me to come down to his dojo. He was going to show me how wonderful it was and how he teaches respect and all these other great things. And, and you know what? The Satan's always going to put out some carrot. There's always going to be some apparent benefit from doing something that's not of God. Even if it has a, a nice veneer, like, oh, we bow, we show respect, we do this, we, it's good exercise, it doesn't matter. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You do not want to uh, yoke yourselves up with unbelievers as well, which is what you're doing when you participate in these types of techniques. And even if the people in the room are supposedly all, all believers, where did the technique spawn from? From unbelievers, from typically Eastern uh, religion, religious practices like Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, all of these are intertwined, and you think that you can do things like this and it not affect you? doesn't happen that way. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So then what is yoga? Yoga is considered exercises, physical, mental, and or spiritual, based on Eastern metaphysical assumptions designed to aid in supposed self-enlightenment and self-realization. The goals sometimes include altered states of consciousness or uniting the practitioner with the impersonal pantheistic God. Pantheistic is like God is in everything, you know. That bench over there is a God, and that canoe is a God, and that 
toaster muffin is a god, or, you know, stuff like that. It's just craziness. You know, we're all gods. But isn't that the same lie that Satan tried to perpetrate on Eve in the Garden of Eden? He did it successfully. He says, you know, the carrot was, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that was enough for, to get her to eat the forbidden fruit. So, it's the same old lie. It's the same New Age lie. And this is a New Age doorway. See, a lot of times people get into yoga. Let's say they go to their, their local exercise place or whatever, their local gym, and they're offering a class in yoga. And that's the indoctrination. That's how Satan gets his foot in the door to get these people to actually really start exploring this. And if you get into yoga, you're going to be getting into the occult. You have to. Types of yoga include karma yoga, which is the spiritual union through correct conduct. Oh, whatever that means. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but then there are other ways of death. The Bible says, For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 6. So, I mean, come on. Correct conduct? All of our righteousness, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is as a filthy rag. So, that's, that's a... Give me a break on that. Then there's bhakti yoga, which is the spiritual union spiritual union through devotion to a guru. Now, this is what Doug practices. I didn't want to say anything, but, you know. Now, I do a different type of yoga. I'm just kidding. Teasing. <laughs> yeah, I'm Doug's guru. Yeah. <laughs> so, that we actually have a small picture of me here that we all burn incense to seven times a day and we bow to Mecca in my honor. I, You know, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to get too puffed up or anything like that. You know, just... Anyway. little little humor there. Yeah. <laughs> So, so then there's, yeah, karma yoga, uh, spiritual union through correct conduct, bhakti yoga, spiritual union through devotion to a guru. And then there's yana yoga, <laughs> spiritual union through hidden knowledge. Ooh, that's like the Gnostic yoga. And then there's the raja yoga, spiritual union through mental control. It's like Baskin Robbins, you know, there's a different flavor, satanic flavor for every delight. Uh, then there's Hatha Yoga, spiritual union through control or meditation. See how this is so self-centered? It's always about the person and, and something that they're doing. And I've said this before, there's only two religious two religions in the world. There's only two. There's Bible-believing Christianity, which regarding salvation, you cannot earn it. For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14, 6. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. Bible-believing Christianity, and then you have all the other isms. Hinduism, Buddhism, Catholicism, this nonsense we're talking about. All these different forms of yoga, which is where you achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve, whether you call it enlightenment, whether you call it a better uh, rung on the karma wheel of life, or a better rung in your next reincarnation cycle, or whether you call it uh, heaven, or hell, or paradise, whatever you want to call it, every single one of those other religions is based on works. You do boast about works in those religions. Unlike Bible-believing Christianity, which you cannot earn. Only Jesus Christ can pay your sin debt. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. 
what is sin? The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. So that's like, the, if you want to know what would qualify as sin, the thought of foolishness is sin. The Bible says we're born into sin. Okay? Uh, David said in Psalm 51, And in sin did my mother conceive me. I was shaped in iniquity. Okay, that was David saying that. So it's not something you can avoid. We're all sinners. Okay? Now the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 So the wages of sin, the price of sin is death, death and hell. But the gift of God is through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is the difference between all the different isms out there of the religious world and true Bible-believing Christianity, which I will not even put a denominational label on it. Okay? Just true Bible-believing, born-again Christians... And again, you have to understand that all these other, all these other things that we're describing is all man-centered. It's all works-centered. You look at Catholicism, you've got to keep the seven sacraments, and you've got to go to the priest of the confessional, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And you're earning your way to wherever you're trying to get to. It's no different with any other religion. So, just wanted to touch on that, too. So, we've got then the Kundalini Yoga one of my favorites, uh, the spiritual union through focusing on inner energy. We're going to talk, be talking more about these in depth later. And then you have the tantric yoga, which is the spiritual union through sexual practices. Yes, there's tantric yoga. We're going to be talking more about that too. And that's considered what they call sex yoga. Okay? And in that particular type of yoga, they do all kind of unbelievably nasty stuff like eating their own feces and drinking their own urine and stuff like that. That gets into more the Hindu, actually, Ayurvedic. It's, it's an off-branch of the Hindu Ayurvedic healing system. Tantric yoga. It comes to my mind now. Yoga philosophy is based on the concept of reincarnation, which is what my mom totally believes in. Why? Well, because that's what she's been indoctrinated in. I mean, of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage, right? That's what the Bible says. Of whom a man is overcome... The same is brought into bondage. That's why it's so important for you not to follow or put your faith in any man. You put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. Now, I'm not saying a man is always going to lead you astray if he's following the Word of God, but you won't want to put your faith in that man. Yeah, the, the whole concept of reincarnation um, is, you know, from... It's, it's drawn from what they call the up, Upanishads... And other Hindu scriptures, okay? Whereas reincarnation, you know, we're, we're trying to get it right in this life, but if we don't get it life, right in this life, then we might come back as, you know, a dung beetle or something bad, okay? And, and people, and that's why in India, they have their different caste, they call them caste systems, and that's why there's absolutely no compassion. Because in India, if you see somebody wallowing in a ditch with ants covering them or something, and you walk by them, you think, oh, well, that's karma, they, they, they did something either in this life or in a former life that got them in that situation. Now, I understand what comes around goes around and you reap what you sow. But there's no compassion on the person because they think, oh, you know, hey. And people that are born in these higher caste systems are treated like, with, like royalty. And the ones in the lower caste systems, like the untouchables and these types of people, are kind of treated like dirt. And that's why that's such a sick place if you go visit it. Because... What is that breed? It's a, it's a satanic mess. The people that go over to India, this, this friend of my mom's that I mentioned, she went over there, and she's supposedly a real spiritual, you know, have-it-together type of person. And supposedly when she came back from there, my dad asked her about how it went over in India, and she was using all kind of explicit, explicative 
profanities in order to describe, and I've never even heard her cuss, but she was so turned off by what she saw in Indian. Here she is, Mrs. New Age Guru Kingpin. She was so reviled by what was going on over in India and the way that the women were treated that she had nothing good to say. They worship the god of feces over there. That's one of their main deities they worship. And I've said this before. There was this documentary I saw one time where they were th- these people that worship this god of feces. They would take the cow dung, they would use it to cook their food in the fires, um, and then they would use it. They would take it and they would put it in water, and 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 then put it all over their floors and make the floors real real shiny with the um, with the cow feces. And the cows could actually come into the house because they believe the cows are like the, the sacred cow, you know, where we get that term. Well, this is where we kind of get it from. And that they were, you know, they could go anywhere, do whatever they wanted. They were this, they were in this upper position in their their system. And then they went to this, this reporter went to this, one of the most famous temples there in India, uh, one of the most popular, where they sacrificed to this god of feces. And there was this big temple, and they were outside, and they couldn't, they were all wearing gas masks, the, the reporters. Literally, they were wearing gas masks, not just little things to cover their mouth. And they were outside, and they were showing that this thing that went on before they went inside, and they had this goat there, and these Indian guys were, they, I mean, it did, I, I didn't even watch it, I didn't want to see it, but they hacked off this goat's head right on the camera. They had machetes, they were hacking this goat, this live goat's head off. Because they were sacrificing this goat to this god of feces. And then they would take feces from, I don't know, I guess themselves and other animals, into this temple of feces and dedicate it to this god. This is the depravity that goes on in India. And in, Now, does it mean I don't want them to get saved? No, I pray to God they all get saved. I really do. But that is how dark this place is. Literally, when people go over there, it stinks so bad that many of them will wear gas masks through the streets. Because to, to, if you're a Westerner or somebody that's not used to this, you can't imagine the depravity of, of what goes on over there. So, you know, don't, anyway, don't think I'm opinionated on that or anything, but uh, that's pretty much the truth from what I've been told and from first-hand accounts of people that have, that have went over there. Very, very dark place. Uh, now, if we talk about this article, is entitled Yoga, Relaxation or Occult. Yoga is from the Sanskrit word yug, meaning union with the divine or your higher self. Yoga is supposedly a path for transcending the ordinary mind, who you think you are, in order to merge with your higher self or your God self. Again, it's always about attaining Godhood, you know. I will be like the Most High. I will ascend under the sides of the north, just like Satan did. The root of all sin is self-centeredness, pretty much. And the first sin that was ever committed, ever, was when Satan fell. And that was the thoughts that were in his mind. I want to be like the Most High. I, I'm jealous of God. You know, and this is, this is the, evidently the temptation for man. Now, I'm sorry, I don't want to be, I don't want to be God. If I was God, I'd mess everything up. I know I would, okay? I'm not qualified. But so many people, that's what motivates them, especially in the New Age. The word yoga means to yoke. To yoke with Brahman. Now, Brahman is the infinite and the universal spirit, the impersonal uh, force the Hindus call God. 
So this is what the word yoga means. Now, do you see any conflict of interest here with Christianity? Just a teensy bit, just a little. You know, yoga means to yoke, to yoke with Brahman. The infinite universal spirit, the impersonal force Hindus call God, via the realization of an altered state of consciousness, hereby theoretically releasing oneself from the bondage of the endless reincarnation cycle. Now, my mom told me the last time she explored her whole reincarnation thing, my little girl just told me the other day she was joking with my mom, and, and she says, oh, oh, grandma, and she's joking. And she says, yeah, I was a dung beetle in a former life. And my grandma, my mom was like, oh, yeah, really? It's like she believed her. Uh, you know, what do you do? And my mom has flat out told me that she said, yes, when I was in, uh, went to this uh, psychic that does past life regression, all lies from the pit of hell. Now, I've got a whole, I've got a whole um, teaching I've done on this. And um, I'm trying to remember the keyword search you would do. It, it has to do with witchcraft and uh, past life experiences and these types of things. Um, where we really talk about this in depth. Because this whole past life regression is a mighty tool of Satan in order to take a lot of people to hell. Because if people think that they had a past life or they were reincarnated, that means that you can throw the Bible out the door. All you have to do for Satan is get him to believe in that one thing, and it totally negates the word of God. Because the Bible says, is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Once to die. Okay? Absent from the body, from a, for a Christian, is to be present with the Lord. It doesn't mean absent from the body is to go through reincarnation and to come back as a dung beetle. Or, most of the time, what you'll hear is people, when they go through these past life rejections, uh, regressions, was, oh yes, I was Cleopatra, queen of the Nile in a former life. Why? Because that so much feeds the ego. So, oh wow, I was Cleopatra. Well, you know what, I think there's about a million Cleopatras that were reincarnating out there, because I, I can't tell you how many times people come back and I was this famous person. I was Mark Twain. I was Alexander the Great. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. But again, that appeals to the self-centered side of human nature to come back. Now, my mom told me in her former life, she was a little Dutch boy. She said she even saw visions of her as a little Dutch boy in these streets in like the Netherlands. Now, can you imagine though, if you were, if you were not a Christian and you had went through this hypnotic regression, how powerful that would seem, particularly if you actually seen real images of supposedly yourself in a former life? Now, here, let me tell you how this works. The familiar spirits that are essentially possessing my mom or anyone that would go through this are painting and giving her images of most likely somebody's past life. These spirits have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Just because someone dies don't mean they die. They live on. They go into other people. So a familiar spirit that was possessing someone three or four or five hundred years ago can easily resurrect those same images and put them, particularly if the person's asking for it, and if they're open to it. They can put those images right into their head. And they seem real. How can, how can, that, how can you reconcile that with Bible-believing Christianity? And the more somebody participates in it, the less likely they'll ever get saved. Now, I'm not saying the Lord can't save my mom. I'm praying she does, and my dad. But I'm just saying the longer you participate in something, the more Satan gets his hooks into you. And the harder it is for you to see the truth. Or if you're going to see the truth, it's going to take a lot of typical severity of God in order to get you woken up. And that's what I pray for those types of people. You know, God, if you have to hang them over hell for a day in order to, you know, 
whatever it takes in order to get them to wake up and get saved. Better they you hang them over hell for a day than they burn in hell for eternity. So, if we go further, yoga comes out of the Hindu Vedas. can be traced back to Patanjali, who was a religious leader. Shiva was one of Hinduism's three most powerful gods, also known as the Destroyer. Shiva really, from what I've seen, is the most powerful god of Hinduism. Uh, he is called the Yoga Swari, or the Lord of Yoga. Did you know Shiva was called that? Because my mom talks about Shiva. She'll bring that up. I'll say, oh yeah, Shiva, the, the god of destruction. Oh, well, that's not what we're taught. Well, mom, it's well known in, in the Hindu hierarchy that Shiva is the god of destruction. He has, a, he has a daughter named Kali. Kali is the god of death, goddess of death. She has six arms. Two of them have um, heads... They have human severed heads and then plates to catch the blood underneath them. The two lower arms have the plates to catch the blood. The two arms in the middle have the heads. And the two arms up top have like swords so they can kill you. Yeah, that's Shiva. That's Kali. That's Shiva's daughter, supposedly. Yeah, and this is all... There's no conflict here with Christianity, right? You know? So, you, you see, you know, evil communications corrupt good manners and... and you know, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump, and have no unfruitful work, fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Flee all appearance of evil. Set no wicked thing before my eyes. There's a lot of verses that, you know, you really have to ignore in order, you know, to lay a stumbling block before your brother. What if you get into this thinking, oh, it's all harmless in this, and you encourage a whole bunch of other Christians into the same new age, and then they go into it, and let's say you get out of it, but they fall into perdition. Well, you've laid a stumbling block before your brother, which is something that we're forbidden to do. We're supposed to err on the side of safety. Even if you're not convinced from what I'm saying, you ought to be convinced about the, the associations that you would have if you do this particular practice and how it may be laying a stumbling block before your brother, of which, if you're a Christian, you're going to have to give an account for it at the judgment seat of Christ. You don't want to do this. You want to turn many to righteousness, as the book of Daniel says. You want, to, you want to turn many to true knowledge and to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want to be responsible for, for someone going to hell because you, you led them down the wrong path or encouraged them to go down that path because you said it was no big deal. I mean, you know, do I love you enough to tell you the truth? Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth, according to Galatians 4.16? Consider the following portion from an article from a secular newspaper. It is estimated that there are 10,000 yoga teachers in the United States. Who teach between 4 and 5 million students a week? Man, that's a lot of people they're reaching. Yoga is a program that involves conscious stretching, deliberate movements, controlled breathing, and relaxation exercises. Its purpose is to develop strength, flexibility, balance, body alignment, body awareness, muscular balance, calmness, and controlled breathing. Yoga originated from a school of thought in the Hindu religion which suggests that postures can isolate the soul from the body and the mind. Just what I want to do. In the Western world, yoga is used mainly as a form of exercise. Yoga comes from, and that's the, that's the carrot. Oh, it's just exercise. No, it's a lot more than exercise. You're getting the package deal. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I do, like, if, if I go and if I'm going to work out or do something like that, yes, I do stretch before. But I don't get into any yoga postures or any controlled breathing or, or recite some mantra or get my Hindu prayer beads out. Yeah, I'll, I'll do any of that. None of that. I don't have a problem with stretching. Okay? But the problem is, is that this is a package deal. Okay? Don't even call it yoga at all. If you're just going to stretch, okay, that's one thing. But if you, 
if you get into the realm of yoga, where you get into the postures, and you get into the breathing, and you get into the meditative state, now you've crossed over the line. Yoga comes from the word Sanskrit, yoga, which means to join. Yoga means to join body, mind, and uh, to breathe, to get them to work in harmony. It is very gentle, slow, and meditative, but it requires concentration. Yoga instructors say that they have received a handful of complaints from people who believe yoga is intertwined with the mysticism and occult. Yes, it's only a handful, because there's very few Christians that, are e- that even care about the information that I'm telling you today. They could care less. doesn't matter. They're lukewarm. They're content to stay lukewarm. They're increased in goods. They're rich. They think they're in need of nothing, particularly in America. I'm not talking about other areas of the world so much as I am America. It's no big deal to them. Every yoga teacher is, in effect, a Hindu or a Buddhist missionary. Even though he or she may wear a cross and insist that Jesus was a great yogi. Oh, I got this the, the, the letter from the guy last week on the martial arts, the Mr. 10th uh, degree black belt and five-time inducted in the Hall of Fame and bragging. Yeah, he told me, he, they, they gave him this thing when he left, I guess, the martial uh, arts uh, system. And they referred to Jesus as the great sensei. Like the great sensei in the sky. Now you, you see sensei, they'll say they bow to sensei, it's like their master type of deal. Yeah, that's how they refer. Well, you know, they say here, insist that Jesus was a great yogi and protest that yoga is not a religion, but science. This is the most blatant of lies. Yet this has been so widely proclaimed and believed in American schools beginning in kindergarten in almost every other area of society today. Yoga and other forms of Hindu-Buddhist occultism are taught and accepted as science. In contrast, Christianity has been thrown out of the schools and is being crowded out of every area of our life in the broad-minded move to replace religion with the New Age science. See, they're very liberal and forgiving to these New Age principles when they incorporate them into the schools and every aspect of our lives. But Christianity, on the other hand, is totally rejected. Yoga is clearly a New Age concept is deeply and religious, that is deeply religious and pantheistic in its origin and is widely practiced and supported by New Age proponents. The New Age movement denies the reality of sin, total depravity, and believes that man is generally good and is actually divine. Remember, this is an attainment of your God self. They teach that there is a God within us. And we are to harness that and develop it through meditation and other metaphysical techniques teach us that the only thing needed to enlightenment the only thing people need is enlightenment regarding their own divinity in other words if we don't know we need to know about it so we can cultivate our own divinity they believe that through reincarnation man is reunited with god they believe in karma which is a debt one owes because of his previous life they also believe and teach evolution of man as opposed to creation that is taught in the bible the evolution, like Charles Darwin. Yoga is also associated with imagery, visualization, hypnosis, mind magic, chanting of the mantra, positive thinking, silva mind techniques. Silva, that's, I think they've got like schools now, the silva learning centers. I'd void them like the plague. See how subtle this is? These things are not only unbiblical, but they're, they're very potentially very dangerous. When practiced by professing believers, it allows a certain external spiritual influence into our lives, which is inconsistent and disallowed, according to 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18, in the teachings of the Holy Scriptures. Let's just go ahead and read that real quick. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Now, I know I've said this 
quite a bit, but let's just go ahead and read the whole thing, 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, if you go to a yoga class as a Christian, okay, how can you not be unequally yoked together with, with unbelievers? Okay, I mean, this because this is a religious thing, okay, that you're doing. This is a, this is a religion that incorporates many other Eastern mysticism religions into it. Okay, Hinduism, Buddhism, there's so many things that are incorporated into this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and communion hath with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Now again, this affects your testimony too. What type of example are you setting? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. We are. We're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Do you think that participating in yoga is touching an unclean thing? Hopefully you've already proven that. We're going to give you a whole lot more to look at here. So, this is something that we really need to, to um, bear in mind. The practice of yoga is pagan at best and blatant witchcraft at worst. Its teachings emanate from Eastern religions, all of which teach that self is God. Here's a quote from the Seduction of Christianity, page 54. The goal of yoga is self-realization, to look deeply within what ought to be the temple of the only true God, and there to discover the alleged true self or higher self and declare self to be God. Nothing could be more religious than that. True. And it flies in the face of Bible-believing Christianity and the Word of God. Yet, with straight faces, all the yogis insist that practicing yoga will not change anyone anyone's religious beliefs. This is the religion of the Antichrist. And for the first time in history, it is being widely practiced throughout the Western world as transcendental meditation and other forms of yoga. One of the key players that brought transcendental meditation is the Marahashi yogi guy that was the yogi for, um, and I don't mean yogi bear, and boo-boo. I mean yogi, the other kind. Anyway, sorry, a little humor. Um, the guy that was the yogi for the Beatles, which inspired many, many, many of the songs that they sang and these types of things, okay? So, that was where Transcendental Meditation came into being in America, through that particular yogi guy. Now, he just recently died, um... Going further, yoga calls itself science. By calling itself science, yoga, which at its very heart is Hinduism, has within the last 30 years become an integral part of Western society, where it is taught in nearly every YMCA or YWCA, in clubs and public schools and industry and many churches. Dressed in Western clothes, yoga has gained acceptance in medicine, psychology, education, and religion under such euphemisms as centering or relaxation therapy. Especially now when you have all of the people that are under so much quote, stress, we'll have some, it's some outlet for stress. That's all it is. You know, it seems harmless enough. Uh, it's also incorporated into self-hypnosis and creative visualization. Yoga is designed to lead the realization of one's true godhood through an inward meditative journey that finally locates the ultimate source of everything within the human psyche. That's from page 110 of the Seduction of Christianity. Hatha Yoga... It's a popular form of yoga practiced today by those looking for a form of relaxation and non-strenuous exercise. 
Joanna Michelson, however, correctly discerns, she says, quote, There is a common misconception in the West that Hatha Yoga, one of about ten forms of yoga that supposedly leads to self-realization, is merely a neutral form of exercise, a soothing and effective alternative for those abhorring jogging and calisthenics. However, Hatha Yoga is one of the six recognized systems of Orthodox Hinduism. One of the six recognized systems of this religion. And at its roots is religious and mystical. It is also one of the most difficult and potentially spiritually dangerous forms of yoga. The term hatha is derived from the verb hath, which means to oppress. What the practice of hatha yoga is designed to do is suppress the flow of psychic energies through the psychic passages on either side of the spinal column, thereby forcing the serpent power or the kundalini force to rise through the central psychic channel in the spine and up and down through the chakras. Now, I'm going to have Doug do a little demonstration for us here in a second, and we're going to see, of course, you guys won't be able to see. I'm sorry, I don't have a camera. Oh, well, we'll, we'll save it for next time or something. Yeah, the, the, we'll, we'll, he's going to do the death howl next week, too. We, we talked about that last week in the martial arts. and uh, You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to really give you the full deal here. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, this whole thing, uh, then it goes on to say, the supposed psychic centers of the human personality and power, Westerners mistakenly believe that one can practice Hatha Yoga apart from the philosophical and religious beliefs that undergird it. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. This is an absolute false belief. You cannot separate the exercise from the philosophy. The movements themselves become a form of meditation. The continued practice of the exercises will, whether you intend it or not, influence and influence you toward an Eastern mystical perspective. This is what it's meant to do. There is, by definition, no such thing as neutral yoga. That was a quote from Like Lambs to the Slaughter, page 93 through 95. Other types of yoga. Now, again, I've said this before, but this is like the satanic Baskin-Robbins ice cream. You know, a flavor to please even the most discerning palate. Okay, so this is what we're going to be talking about. You've got all these different flavors of yoga. I had no idea there was this many kinds of yoga you could do. But there's something here, you know, to please every bit of self-centered, you know, recesses of the mind. There's something here to, to appeal to that. And you're going to see why in a second. First we have Laya Yoga, which is the path of the universal body. In Laya Yoga, the macrocosm, or the universe, is directly networked with the microcosm, the human body. Now remember, when we talked about acupuncture, that was the reason that guy... T. Hung or whatever developed the acupuncture system because he looked up in the scars. He said, that's the macrocosm. It must relate to our microcosm of our body. This, there's a lot of similarities there. There are five centers or chakras or wheels along the spine and, and one between the eyebrows that directly corresponds with some aspect of creation. These chakras are linked. Now, this is what they believe, okay? The chakras are linked through the etheric channel along the spine. A primordial creative energy, or kundalini, lies dormant at the base of the spine at the root of the chakra. The laya yogi, through meditation and posture exercises, will coax this kundalini energy into traveling up the channel through each chakra until it reaches a point of the origin at the top of the skull. At that point, the yogi will have merged with the source of creation, or steam will come out of his ears. Just kidding. Teasing. Anyway, if the yoga then chooses to reverse the process, the kundalini energy will travel back down the channel, recharging each center with an increased amount of prana. I can't stand these new commercials they've got on now. You, you can get pr- 
Prana Sleep. Have you seen this, these commercials? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Prana Sleep, where this guy, they've got this guy. I wouldn't buy one of those mattresses just because of the commercial. Prana Sleep, you probably get a big fat demon with every mattress. No extra charge. So anyway, Prana is the life force of the energy. That's what that word means. The result, But you see how they're trying to indoctrinate us into this new age? Really, this is, the, this is going to be the essence of the coming one world new age religion. Is yes, it's witchcraft. And yes, there's going to be great lines, signs, and wonders, but it's going to be new age at its core. It's going to incorporate a lot of these different religious aspects into it. This is going to be part of it. Okay? And they're trying to indoctrinate us to this on, you know, TV and ads and different ways. So, ending here, it says, The result is that the yogi will then have more understanding of and control over all aspects of creation each time this process is done. Then there's karma yoga, the path of selfless action. The action performed for the purpose of satisfying a desire has the effect of generating new desires that require additional actions. Addiction to pleasure in any form is a good example of this. Once the desire is satisfied, it generates more desire, which needs to be satisfied ad infinitum. In karma yoga, one seeks to end the cycle by not being attached to the outcome of anything he does Actions are thus performed based on what seems appropriate to a given situation. Well, the Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. So, this whole karma yoga is based on what seems appropriate to the person in a given situation. But the Bible says he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. Uh, Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what this whole form of yoga is based on. The person performing the action has no con concern about whether the result is good or bad. Since the actions are not performed for self-gratification, the person is free from any hindrances between good and bad results. As a result of not being attached to any outcome, a person can be completely involved in whatever he's doing. In this way, the yogi seeks to end the internal cycle of death and rebirth. Whatever that means. Now, you'll hear this by a lot of people that get really, 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 really high into the occult. That they say, yes, I've, I've crossed over. I, I now transcend good and evil. There is no good and evil. And they can go, and a guy like Aleister Crowley can molest and sodomize some little boy and then kill him as a child sacrifice, which he bragged about doing, and say, it doesn't matter. This is neither good or evil. I have attained godhood, and I, I transcend good and evil. It doesn't apply to me anymore, because I am my own God. That's what they believe. They get that delusional. Well, I can see how this form of yoga would lead you down that path, because that's what they say they're doing. They have no concern about whether the end is either, quote, good or bad. They've transcended those mere concepts. Then there's jhana yoga, or if it's called jhana, jhana, I don't know. The path of transcendental knowledge. This type of yoga is geared toward those who have intellectual curiosity, who like to reason and analyze. See how there's different ones to, to appeal to different people? The ordinary mind supposedly can never ultimately know, uh, can know ultimately and absolutely. Well, yes it can, because we have the word of God. Okay, but they say we can't. Therefore, the goal is for the ordinary mind to realize that and thereby get out of the way. In effect, one uses the ordinary mind to transcend the, to transcend the ordinary mind. Gradually, the ordinary mind reveals its true nature to itself. In the, quote, who am I inquiry, as taught by the great Indian guru Ramana Maharashi. 
I believe that might have been the Indian, the Beatles guru. The mind's false identities are discounted one by one until it is, it is exhausted. Once the mind has exhausted all of its answers, then the higher self may emerge. Give me a break. Then the next one, Bhakti Yoga. The path of devotion. Bhakti Yoga is considered the simplest of all yogas. Bhakti is practiced in self-surrender for the purpose of eventually identifying with the source of love or of higher self. It is not unlike devotion and service associated with religion in the West. The yogi selects a saint, guru, or another figure to direct his devotional love to. So this is where they literally have pictures of these people that they can sometimes erect small shrines to. I know I joked about that earlier. But they, they, they erect small shrines to, they burn candles, they, and they pray to these things. They worship someone and they direct supposedly this love. It's witchcraft is what they're doing. I don't care what they call it. What a waste, what an absolute total abhorrent waste of time. Can you imagine wasting your time on this junk? But yes, they, they direct this devotional love. Every act of daily life is done to serve this beloved one. Crazy. Visualizations and mantras are also part of the bhakti yoga practice. Well, you know, again, if you do this so much for thou shalt serve no other gods and have no other gods before me, you know, all those Bible verses. The goal is to visualize the beloved one all the time. At first, one may have a picture or representation to look at the visualization... To look at while the visualization skill is developed, the sound is repeated at the same time of the visualization. Like this mantra, although there are many words that can be selected, the sound of "om" is the one they usually use. You ever see these guys in there? You know the classic. They're in the lotus position. They've got their little you know hand gestures, and you know they're contemplating their navel while they're meditating on some guru. Well, that's pretty much what you're getting into here. This practice is especially suitable for people with intense emotional natures. And then we have the Raja Yogi, which is the path of stillness. In Raja Yoga, the goal is to quiet the mind through meditation, where the attention is fixed on an object, the mantra or the concept. Whenever the mind wanders, it is brought back to whatever is the object of the concentration. In time, the mind will cease wandering and become completely still, allowing the demons to fully come in and possess you to the toenails. A state of focused, uninterrupted concentration will occur. From this state, the yogi will eventually merge with the higher self. And then there's Kriya Yoga. I haven't even heard of any of these. But understand, this is all these are on equal footing with one another. So you can go, like I said, and you participate with this. Look at what, look at what you're yoking yourself up with here. Kriya Yoga, or Babaji's Kriya Yoga, is a scientific art of the perfect... God-truth union and self-realization. God-lie union, they should say. The great master of India, Babaji Nagarag, revived it as a synthesis of ancient teachings of the 18 Sita tradition. Kriya Yoga claims to bring about an integrated transformation of the individual in all five planes of existence. Physical, vital, mental, intellectual, spiritual. It includes 144 techniques or Kriyas grouped into five phases or branches. This is just unbelievable. Kriya Hatha Yoga which includes physical postures and relaxation, muscular locks, gestures which bring about greater health. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, then Kriya Kundalini. Pranayama. Wow. Now that's a mouthful. Kriya Kundalini Pranayama. A 
smells like a ice cream flavor or something. I don't know. Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. I, I, the potential technique is a powerful breathing exercise to awaken a powerful latent energy and circulate it through the seven principal chakras. It awakens their corresponding physical states and makes one a dynamo on all five planes of existence. Again, where do I sign up? I mean, this is, sounds great. And then there's the Kriya Dhyanana Yoga. Meditation, scientific art of mastering the mind, cleanse the subconscious, brings about a breathless state of communion with God. And then there's the Kriya Mantra Yoga, the mental repetition of subtle sounds to awaken the intuition, the intellect, the chakras. The mantra becomes a substitute for the eye-centered chatter, facilitates the accumulation of a great amount of, great amount of energy. What it's doing is it's witchcraft. Now, the Bible says to avoid vain repetition in prayer, but they encourage it. This also leaves out the rosary beads of the Catholic Church, which is vain repetition. You know, like the, Jesus said, they think they'll hear me by their, by their vain repetition and their much speaking. It doesn't impress Jesus Christ. But, you know, where the Catholics got their rosary beads was from the Hindu prayer beads. That's where they originated from. Because the Hindus are all about that vain repetition prayer. You know, so that's where that all came from. And then there's the Kriya Bhakti Yogi. Devotional activities and service to awaken the pure, divine, universal love and spiritual bliss. It includes chanting, singing, ceremonies, pilgrimages, and worship. Yeah. <laughs> there's some for everybody here. So if, if someone's interested in physical exercises that are designed to help one's body, he should not practice yoga, which is, which is designed to induce spiritual death and teaches how to reach this state of consciousness where one gets a better reincarnation. Yeah, I, you know, I moved up on the karma wheel today. Even the physical positions of yoga come right out of the Hindu scriptures. They are designed to put one into a state of consciousness where you imagine that you are God. Therefore, Christians who think they, who think they think they're getting relaxation and or exercise are really getting Hinduism. They think they're getting science, but they're getting religion. And they're getting devils. They're getting a nice big load of devils imparted into them. It is mislabeled and it's dangerous. John Weldon and Clifford Wilson wrote a wrote the book Occult Shock and Psychic Forces that yoga is really pure occultism. Hans Ulrich Riker in his book The Yoga of Light also warns that misunderstanding the true nature of yoga can mean death or insanity. Another little-known fact is that virtually every major guru in India has issued warnings similar to these, saying deep breathing techniques such as the ones taught in yoga are a time-honored method for entering into altered states of consciousness and for developing the so-called psychic power. Note, yoga, yoga, yoga is one of the basic means of reaching the altered state of consciousness, and altered uh, state uh, is the doorway of the occult. Sir John Achilles, who is the Nobel Prize winner for his research on the brain, said the brain is a machine that a ghost can operate. In a normal state of consciousness, one's own spirit fires off the neurons in the brain and operates his body. We are spirits connected with the body. But in an altered state, reached under drugs, yoga, hypnosis, etc., this passive but alert state, the connection between spirit and brain is loosened. That allows another spirit to interpose itself to begin to fire off the neurons in the brain and create an entire universe of illusion. You've then opened yourself up. It's called sorcery. People are literally teaching themselves how to be demonized and possessed, all in the name of developing one's full potential. 
So now we're going to go to the next part, which is entitled uh, Yoga Exposed. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and break here, and we're going to go to part two next, where we can get the last two parts of this teaching in.